All right, Cooley Show. It's Monday afternoon. Feels like a Monday. Finally, the weather's good. I will yeah. say that the weekend was beautiful. It was the first day where I was actually not grossly sweating or anything. It was the first day that you could go outside. Yeah, and enjoy it outside. And enjoy being outside. <laughs> I know. Because last week, on Wednesday, Wednesday, my son, it was my son's birthday last Wednesday. He turned two. And we got him golf clubs. And I sat outside for like 45 minutes. And the dude loves to golf. Like, lo- he will hit balls for an hour. And he's it's only a, two? He's He's been doing that since he was 18 months. Oh he can hit gosh. the ball 40 yards right now. He's a monster. <laughs> he's two and he weighs 38 pounds, which Aww. anyone that has a two-year-old is like, no, he doesn't. And he's not fat. He's just big. He's a big freaking kid. Aww. He's hitting balls and he and he'll hit balls. If you sit down in the lawn chair, hang out with him and, and tell him good shot, he'll hit balls. He'll hit 100 balls. I sat in the lawn chair and in 10 minutes, I was soaked. He was so red-faced and beat. He hit 25 balls, and he was pumped about his new clubs. And he just, he looked at me, and he's like, Dad, I'm done. And you can see he was done. I'm like, it's too hot. I'm done. <laughs> this is crazy. It's so hot. So Saturday was amazing. Saturday was amazing. I you guys bas- had his I birthday played- party, right? On Saturday? Bodie's birthday party. We went to Top Golf. Top Golf's a great place to have a children's birthday party. Really? As well, it was, it was actually a lot of fun. So I was just... Busy looking at NFL futures. <laughs> this is on just a random website, so this could be different everywhere. Vegas Insider. You know, the Redskins are 200 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which makes them second to last. Only Miami has worse odds at 500 to 1. Really? Cincy, the Giants, the Cardinals, and us. 200 to 1. All right. I get caught up in this freaking hype every year. I do it. I did it more when I played. I actually believed when I played we were going to win every year we played. Every year I believed it. Well, and but shouldn't you have that every mindset? Every year that we're going to be good. And I think all the time I say to myself, we're not winning. This. I can tell you right now we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Sorry. It's, I would love to be wrong. I would love, I love, I would love to be the two. I'm not even making that. I wouldn't even put $10 on that bet. We're not winning the Super Bowl that, this year. But what you hope is that we're building to win the Super Bowl next year. That we're actually good enough on defense, and we have enough talent, and we have enough pieces, and then you find your quarterback in Dwayne, and you get a couple. But we're not good enough to win the Super Bowl this year. I just don't buy it. I love our, I love our guys. I, I'm not saying make changes. None of this. I think that you have a pretty solid foundation if Dwayne's your quarterback. We're last in the NFC, odds-wise, to win the NFC. We're 150 to 1 to win the NFC Championship and get into the Super Bowl. Which is weird because they're like, if they, if they actually got there, the odds aren't that much worse to win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, we're last in the NFC. We're worse than the Giants' odds in the NFC to win the NFC. Wow. We're last in the NFC East. 20 to 1 to win the NFC East. The Giants are only 16 to 1. That's a big difference. It's a massive difference. But it's it'll be hard to win the NFC East this year. But every year everyone says the NFC East is going to be really, really good. It's not. Every year that you say the NFC East is weak, it's good. It's really strange. It's happened a mm-hmm. lot over the last 15 years that I've been a part of this or 16 years that I've been a part of this. So uh, although it doesn't mean like, uh, doesn't mean everything, Jacksonville's 25 to 1. We're 200 to 1. Wow. I mean, Tennessee's 50 to 1. We're 200 to 1. Detroit is 100 to 1. Detroit has that much better. They're the, 
Buffalo, 100 to 1. Jeez. <laughs> 200 to 1. Who I comes up with these? Vegas. I don't yeah, know. But They're usually right on this stuff. Like, they don't want to pay 200 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> but the odds to be last in the NFC, last. Not middle, last. And the odds to be dead last in the NFC East alone, behind the Giants. I just, I want this team to be good so much. I want this organization to have success so much. I think there are some building blocks for success. I think there are some things that they've done. I think that the draft process the last couple of years has been amazing. You've gotten good players who are going to play, start, contribute for you. Right. There was a span of time through my career and early into the first four or five years after my career where we don't have any of those draft picks. You would get guys in the fourth round that never played here. Fifth round, never played, never contributed. I think that the last couple drafts have been awesome. You got guys that are going to play. You got guys that are going to start not in the first round. Yeah, we have. In the third, fourth, fifth round. You're Jimmy Moreland. Seventh round, man. West Martin. A lot of these guys, Cole Holcomb, they're all going to contribute in in some way, shape, or form down the line this season because they're all talented enough to contribute. But I'm just sitting here reading a story. Jay Grin named Colt McCoy the starting quarterback. Or excuse me, not Colt McCoy. Surprise! (laughs) He named Case Keenum. Those names are easy. They're just so easy to mix them up. They're too, they're so much alike, both of them. So he names Case Keenum the starting quarterback. And you know I've said for the last two weeks, I think Dwayne will get some play in the first game. I think he'll get some play in the second game. And I think he'll start early. Now, that's pending that he's ready, somewhat ready. That's pending that he's not swimming, which I want to get into again. But What do you they mean by swimming? That Case Keenum, in this article I'm reading, that for a team that's built to run the ball, you got to have a quarterback that can protect it, and you got to play defense. And I'm just looking at this saying, and I don't want to be negative, but I'm looking at it saying, we're not built to run the ball. We're just not necessarily built to throw the ball. So since we're not built by to run the ball by default, we're, since we're not built to, to throw it, we don't have the weapons that anyone would look at right now and say on paper, like these guys can throw the ball. If we're built to run it. Like We're not a dynamic run team. We, we're, we're not. We don't, we don't dynamically run the football. We're a team that has a lot of second and nines, a lot of second and longs. We have so many run plays. That's the one thing that I just think, like, if you want to simplify, and you want to simplify for Dwayne as well and for, for everybody moving forward, you've got to limit what you've you got to run less variety of run plays. Like, you got to stick to a scheme, like a zone. You're going to run the ball in zone run, and then you're going to have a couple caveats off of it. You can't run... 25% zone, 25% gap, another 25% that looks like zone and it's called zone but really is gap because that's the way you block it, and then 25% fluff run or counter or RPO. or like We do so many things to really run the ball. But when you do so many things, you don't help yourself in the pass game because it never looks like pass. So you're, never, you're not getting the guys to really bite, run, believe that it's run because there's so many run concepts, and it's hard for young players. Especially when you have two new offensive linemen. They're going to be your left tackle and left guard. 
and a quarterback who's got to see and understand all these schemes to call them. I do. I just you can't run the ball. I, I was just sitting here thinking about it, and it's like the, my favorite. This is the dumbest thing to say, but it's the easiest thing because it's real if you do it this way. Zone run and good zone run is simply running where they're not. Like you should just run where they're not. And it's really easy to do this in early down and distances because you call a run to the right and you you can it or they say NFLs can't. You put the run play to the left in the huddle call. So say we can run right or we can run left. And we'll make that call at the line of scrimmage and we'll make that call by counting where they're not. If they have one more person on the right, we'll flip the play and run to the left. It's so easy. And you could do it out of so many sets and so many looks. But it's so hard to do that when that's not your base package because now all of a sudden when the quarterback makes the change at the line of scrimmage, you see them make the change, and you're like, oh, that's now we're running zone. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it really tough. And some of the gap stuff is tough because you're not running it where they're not. You're just running You're blocking it gap schemed. And the RPO stuff, I don't. It's hard to contribute that to that's another version of run pass. I don't know. It's I don't think that that's part of your run game. It is. You, you, I mean, I understand that it is, but I don't. I don't think that marries with anything you do. I think that you take that out of the box and you put that over here as another little package. You're like this is our run game, and then this is the little package that is like the complement to it. If that makes sense. I think I got you. I don't know. It's the it's the side package. So, for a team that has a new starting quarterback in Case, that likely has a new starting quarterback in Dwayne early in the season, that isn't necessarily built to run the ball. They have good backs. I mean, they have, they have the players to run it. But they're not – like, you didn't look at the Redskins on that 6-3 and three winning streak and say they're, they're running over people. They're running over people. They had a couple games where they ran the ball effectively, but they were not running over people. They didn't run over Indy. They didn't run over Atlanta in those first nine games. Mm -mm. They didn't run it in New Orleans. The teams that are built to run the ball, run the ball. When Dallas was running the ball with Zeke a couple years ago, they run the ball effectively. It's like you can't stop it. That's built to run the ball. So I'm just like, I, just, I don't want to get overwhelmed in the fact like, I'm not trying to create a negative thing. I think that there are building blocks here to be a contending team a year, a year away from now. But it's not. It's just tough. It's so tough. And I want them to have success, and I don't want you to say anything, because I want... CB, you should just say, like, I think they should win, because that's what you should do. I think they will win. I, I love them. I believe in them. But I am not convinced that this is... This is the first year that I'm not. I'm just not convinced. I've been convinced every year that this is a playoff team. Is it only because of the run game, or what else are you seeing? That well, it's because they're a team that's built to run the ball because they aren't built to throw the ball, and so we're just going to say that. And they have a new quarterback, and they have so many things going on. And it's we. The defense is better. It is. They can yeah. play defense, but it's hard to win games playing defense in the NFL right now. To on just defense, you have to turn people over and create points off of those turnovers. That's what. By the way, that's what this actual Alabama defense did a couple years ago is like have a pick six or a fumble six in every single game. You do that. You get seven pick sixes this year. We will win some games. Seven. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, you go through like, and it's you never want to do this, but go circle, go circle wins on the schedule. You can't do it. It's not fair. You can't play the schedule game, right? Right. You you, you can play. I don't know. You can play the Patriots. Oh, that's a bad example. I was going to say Tom Brady could get hurt, but then they're still the Patriots. But <laughs> you know what I mean? You can go and play. Who do we play? Buffalo okay. and Josh Allen's hurt, and, and that's a win. But you could probably circle Buffalo as a probable, probable win anyway. You could play Carson Wentz late, or the Eagles late in the season with Carson Wentz hurt. And that's a different game. You can play the Vikings and Kirk gets hurt, and that's a different game. I understand that. Those things change. They could have four injuries on their defense, and that changes things. But you go circle wins. It's hard to come up with 10. It's hard to come up with nine. It's feasible to come up with eight if you yeah. were to circle it right now. Yeah. So as I look at this, I still don't. I'll never say the Redskins can't be a playoff team. Never. I'm not. And by me saying I, this isn't the year they win the Super Bowl, doesn't mean that they don't find a way to get into the playoffs. Because every single year, teams find a way to get in the playoffs that were not meant to be in the playoffs when the season started. They do. It happens. They get good throughout the year. They stay healthy. They find some cohesion. I think the Redskins can 100% do that. And if they can do that, then they can really build something for next year. They can really build something. This is, as we're getting close, and I can't wait for the first week, and I can't wait to Me see too. what they have, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm so pumped up for this Eagles game. And I do believe, oddly enough, I, I do believe that we can win this first game. I know we're far enough away, and we'll get into that through the next week, but I think this defense will surprise some people. I think they will make it very hard on Philly, especially in week one. Yeah, I agree. I think there's they're going to be a solid defense. And I think you, you will get some surprises. And I think offensively, Jay's had a ton of time to prepare for the first week. And you look at how creative our first week was last year against Arizona. Even And yeah, Arizona wasn't good last year. Still have um, 100 to 1 better odds than we do to win the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. <laughs> but I think Jay will have something creative. And I think you can come out and you can surprise the Eagles in week one. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be a huge kickoff. And you could get things rolling it be a huge confidence booster too just to start the season with the win yeah huge and to start the season with a win against the team that's supposed to win the nfc east yeah it's it, it's it's wild when you look at the nfc east right now you, you look at the the eagles are a very good team and dallas is a very good football team but the eagles i think are a better team because i believe in their quarterback more than i believe in dak so, but Dallas is also, Dallas's defense is sweet. Yeah. I hate saying it too. But they're good. <laughs> like they're so good on defense. So I just think it's going to be a tough road this year. But, and I'm just, I, I don't, again, I don't want to be negative. It's just the first year that I haven't really thought like we could win the NFC East. Like that kind of confidence. We, can, we might not win the Super Bowl. We never know. But we can win the NFC East. Like, I don't know if we can win the NFC East this year. I just don't. I just don't don't quite see that road maybe it'll be reversed you said this is the first year yeah you, i hope you know? it is no see this is why it's fine to say like it's i don't know because if i'm see. wrong i'm happy yeah you could flip it though and say you know if i say, i believe the redskins are going to surprise everyone and win the nfc east and everyone's like that's awesome cooley believes in them and then they don't and i'm like oh man i'm with everybody we lost but at this same time like, i just can't i feel like if i say i don't think they're gonna win the nfc east 
I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying and so many people are. Like this is a five win team. I'm not saying that. I can see a road to five wins. I know how that happens. I've been a part of five win teams. I know what goes on. It's not that far fetched. And it's not like, there's a very slight difference between five wins and eight wins. And there's another very slight difference between eight wins and ten wins. And then there's good football teams that win more than ten games, which I have never seen here. So it's been a long time. I think since 91 that the Redskins won 11 games. Maybe not. You look that up. Yeah, I'll look. Uh, anyway, it's been a long time since 11. I think the 98 season, something like that. I should know that. I do know that. I just can't come up with it in my mind right now because I've said it multiple times. But 11 wins is really winning. 10, found a way to win some tight games. You, or you found a way to lose some tight games. You could be really good. You could be just okay. So I looked it up, and you were right. It was 1991 where the Redskins went 14-2, and two and we won the Super Bowl that year. Right. So the 99 team that I was referencing was a playoff team, but won 10, they, won 10, they had to win 10 games that year. They went 10-6 and six that year, yep. Okay. Okay. That was the 99 team. That was a good team. 1991. That's the, I think that's the longest streak in the NFL. That is the longest streak in the NFL. Everyone's won 11 games since then. Wow. Well, that's, but that's, when you win 11, it, you have to be pretty good to win 11. You have to, you have to be, you win 11, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's what it is. Yeah. You win 11, you got a chance to win the Super Bowl. No, it's pretty crazy. You know, you look at teams that, like Patriots, 6 to 1, Bears, 12 to 1, Rams, 12 to 1. Saints, 12 to 1. There's some good teams. This will be an interesting year. Like, I don't know if... I think Sean gets close again. When you look around the league, as you look early season predict, I think Sean gets close again in L.A. Yeah. I think Peyton has another shot. It's, it's hard to fathom an NFC championship that doesn't have Saints, Rams, or Bears. Or, well, Patriots. Saints, Rams, Bears, Eagles. Well, that's AFC. But an oh, NFC yeah. championship that doesn't have one of those four teams. Same Rams, Bears, Eagles. Yeah, I would agree with that. I could see, like, Cowboys getting hot late. I could see yeah. the Vikings getting hot late if their defense is back up to what it should be. What about Seattle? I can't see Seattle doing it. No? No, I just don't see it in Seattle. Seattle, by the way, is 40 to 1. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's a surprise. That's, yeah. a, that's uh, Atlanta's 30 to 1. Atlanta's talented, but Atlanta has zero depth. We just played Atlanta, and you look at that roster, and they're really good. High-end talent, backs, receiver, quarterback, couple young offensive linemen, which you like. But defensively, they got hurt a little last year, and they were in trouble. So I just don't, I don't know if I see it in Atlanta. Atlanta could be a playoff team. San Francisco's 40 to 1. 40 to freaking 1. We're 200 to 1. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't see that. San Francisco's had a couple good drafts and they've because they've had the first pick in the last few years and they have some good talent, but I still don't I don't see it. I don't see that. In San Francisco, Garoppolo's got to be amazing and nobody knows if Garoppolo's amazing. Nobody knows that yet. Mm -mm. He had five games statistically that were very good. He, I went and watched some of those games. Like he made some throws that he got away with in five games too. Like the Tahiro Garoppolo got yeah. paid on some games that you could question a couple of the throws. <laughs> but yeah, you go down through it, and I just 
the top end talent is so good right now in the NFL and in the NFC that it's hard for me to say in any certainty that anybody else could get in. I have a hard time thinking that Kansas City isn't a Super Bowl team, even with New England where New England is. This is amazing. The Colts, or excuse me, the, the Chiefs and the Pats, and then you got to go all the way down to the next best odds in the AFC. Cleveland. Cleveland is third. Wow. At 18 to 1. 18 to 1? Cleveland. And the Chargers are also 18 to 1. Chargers Char- are going to be really good yeah, this year. They're not going to surprise anybody. They're going to be really good this year. I think so too. Talented defense. Got quarterback who can get it done. They're going to be tough. Do you think uh, Derwin James being injured is going to affect the defense for a little bit? Certainly or is. Yeah, you know? anytime you have a star player out, it changes. Because he's out for a little while. It will not help them, but I think the Chargers can score, and that's the thing. I was yeah. so blown away that the Chargers really just got smoked last year in the postseason against the Patriots. I thought that was going to be a much better game, but, you know, you never know. Indy's dropped all the way. Indy's down 60-1 to 1 now that Andrew Luck's done. Do you, do you <laughs> know what they were before? I don't. I, I could, I'm sure you could look it up, but I, it probably was better than 60-1. to 1. Indy got really good last year under Frank Reich. Really good as the last half that season went on. That's just wild. I watched some of the game on film from last week. Just, I swear, I don't care about anything right now but Dwayne. I'm obsessed. You're obsessed? I'm obsessed. What'd you see? He's the future quarterback of the Washington Redskins. It's a big deal. You, you... It is. What'd you see from him? He has so much arm talent. Well, I saw a lot of handoffs. They really ran the ball a lot in that second half of that game. Like, Really ran the ball a lot. I do think there's one really thing, one thing that's interesting, and I'm not a, I didn't play quarterback, not going to pretend to evaluate his throwing motion or what. I know if he's too deep in the pocket. I know if his footwork isn't good enough in the pocket. Some of the throwing mechanics, I can't really tell you if I'm right or wrong. I can to some extent, but when he throws out into the flat or anything laterally, his front foot, his left foot comes behind his drive foot like he opens his hips so far that it his left foot ends up behind his hips open all the way square and his left foot ends up if you drew a line behind his right foot it's really weird it, it's hurting his accuracy a little bit in the flat he's it's sailing on him a little bit and it's getting out in front and it's because it's all arm you could like you can't i know this if you go throw a football right now out to your left you can't bring your left foot all the way back behind your right foot and have used your legs it's just not. Yeah. It's a really interesting motion that I'm seeing from him right now that you think he's got to be thinking about cleaning that up a little bit because I think he's losing some action. Like he, he had to throw in the end zone to Steven Sims Jr. that he had to open look and it kind of sailed out in front of him. He had a couple out in the flat where it's way worse to his left than it is to his right. Like obviously it doesn't happen when he throws out to his right. If you think of a right-handed quarterback, like you mm-hmm. can't. You'd have to do like a little fizzle there, spin. But to his left, he's missing throws out to his left. But I like his poise. I like his demeanor. I like his confidence. I, I think he's going to play. I'm going to say over and over, he's, it's best for him to play. Unless he can't handle it if it isn't good, which I don't believe to be the case. 
But it's going to be bad. There's going to be a lot of bad. There's going to be some really good, though. You just got to know right now. Which also goes into the whole, like, I don't know for a Super Bowl team. How many rookie quarterbacks start and win a Super Bowl? I, I also think about this whole situation, like, how much pressure is on Case? Because if he, if he plays great, he's got to stay in. Right. But gosh, it's just hard to think. I have to be perfect. I got to be so good. I got to be really good. And, and we have to win. If you win the first four or five games, he, he, he's done. You're done. He knows that. Anyone knows. I mean, I think anyone sees that. As soon as the, if Dwayne were not ready at all, I still think you got to play him if you're not winning. It's the only way to get ready. Yeah. I agree. But you, when you, here's the, well, here's the other thing. And this is where I feel bad for like Colt McCoy. He had a chance to start. But once you start Dwayne, you can't bench him. So that's the other, that's the one thing that Jay's got to manage this season. What? Once you start Dwayne Haskins, he's your quarterback until he gets hurt or the season ends. Why do you say that? I just don't think that you can bench him. It has to be Nate Peterman bad, like six picks in a game bad. That's how bad it has to be to, for him to go. People don't really see the game. If they're not in it. And for him, you'll find ways as a fan. You'll find ways as anybody not coaching or evaluating to, f to f blame. Like you, the offensive line's not good enough. Or the, your, the receivers aren't doing anything. Or you, he just doesn't have a run game, so we can't throw the ball. And you'll find ways to do it. It, it would have to be so bad to have that. <laughs> Man, he's... <laughs> It's just not a good look. It's, what I'm saying is it's a bad look to have drafted this kid and decide that it's time to start him. So you said he's good enough to start right now and then have it not work. He's got to be – you're going to play him. So I was saying, I'm like, Colt, you know, would have had a chance to start. and he, Like, he's not going to play. I feel bad for the kid. I do. I really do because, I, I mean, I think everyone wants to see him have some success. And yeah. it just – but I do. I, I kind of feel bad for Case in a, in a lot of ways. Like I think he has an unbelievable amount of pressure. But I think he had to know coming in when you signed here that there was well he was traded, but he had to know coming in that there was a chance that they were going to draft a guy, and that you got to you got to have that sense of, you know, how long am I the guy? That's hard. Because there's that always looming. What happens if I have a game where I get picked three times? Yeah, that's tough. I, you know, I've said, I don't know if I'm sure. I said, I don't think I, this simple theme. I, I am so pumped for the season, though. Like, I can't wait to be, I hope, I hope so much that they prove me wrong. I cannot wait to see this team this season. I think there's so much intrigue. And I think it's so intriguing to me because I actually like this team right now. I just don't think that they're a Super Bowl team this season. But I think there are building blocks of a good NFL team right now. I mean, so they I definitely like have a, a lot of talent. Yeah. They have a lot of young players. They still have a, they have a lot of talent, but they have a lot of potential talent, I guess is what I'm excited about. And a lot, of, a lot of guys that could play for a while in this league, on this team, that haven't shown that they haven't shown it yet, but I think that it's there. So excuse some of the, what you could construe as negativity. I just think it's honesty for the present 
but more positive for the future. That's what I would. Right? Is that fair? I think it's more honesty for the present, but I am positive for the future. You know, th there was you look at this team four years ago and three the year before that and the year before that and the year before that and say like, how many starters do we need? Like, I, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Andrew Luck is retiring because he's sick of the cycle of pain, rehab, and injury, and it's just taking the game, taking the joy of the game away from him. But he's keeping his money. But he is keeping his money. That's insanity. I don't know how much joy has been taken from him because when I watch him play, I see a ton of joy in Andrew Luck. I see a guy that absolutely loves the game. Yeah, but maybe it's just different with his mental. Maybe he's just mentally not in it anymore. That it's just showing, not that it's showing in his performance, but he just feels that for his team, too, he isn't the best to be starting or playing. Well, first of all, I understand feeling it because I felt it a lot of times in my career. I when felt it. I felt the lack of joy from it. Most of the time I felt the lack of joy was between August 15th and August 30th as you get through camp and whatever you're going through and it's dragging out and you got the preseason and all the stuff. But Andrew, okay, Andrew Luck's going to play again. That's my stance. No, Why do you say that? Because he loves it and he's going to recognize that he loves it. He's going to feel it and what? it might not be this year, it might not be... It, it'll, I'll bet you it's before next year that he feels it. You think he'll just miss it? It's really hard to be the best in the world at what you do, know that you're the best in the world at what you do, and then watch other people doing the thing that you did and loved doing. Especially when the thing that was taking your joy, the pain, is gone, which it will be after a year. So the pain will now not exist in a year, and Andrew Luck will miss football. You go out there... You tell him if he's not going to play football this year, he better go far away from football where he doesn't see it. But you tell me that you go out into a football game, if you're Andrew Luck, November 1st when the air is crisp and it is a nice sunny day and there's all the hype and you say, yeah, I don't want to do this. Because that took me five years, five Five years before I didn't in my heart believe that I was missing the thing that I loved the most. And wow. it hurt, and I still hurt, and I <laughs> understand all of it, but I'm telling you right now that he's going to miss it. Where it gets really interesting, though, is the Colts are paying him. They mm -hmm. paid him his signing bonus, and they retain his contract for the next three years. It's prorated out to about $12 bucks that they could ask back from Andrew Luck. You can't just retire and say, I'm going to keep your money. That doesn't happen very often. You, you wow. don't just leave. They paid you in signing bonus, which is prorated out, which they could ask back. And they could ask it back in gross. They own his contract for three more years. So I think there's a lot of like really fascinating points about this. Also, the, the thing where I said on Friday that I think Andrew Luck's going to play week one, which is so far yep. away from what actually was the truth. And I think I just Way said off. that because he's my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> and I was hoping for all the best in this utopia of Andrew Luck. <laughs> But I just wanted to mention that I was way <laughs> off on that one. Um, look, there. I think everyone looked at this, said, "Wow." I think Andrew everyone Lux, was shocked. And then they, this uh, most people's second thought was, "Huh, his dad's the commissioner of the XFL." <laughs> and then you you look up 
his dad, the commissioner of the XFL, and you're like, he'd never play in the XFL. He can't make enough money to play in the XFL, blah, blah, blah. And the XFL is going to pay Andrew Luck's dad $20 million a year to be the commissioner of the XFL. So the XFL has a boatload of money, and the XFL has a massive need, which is name recognition. And Andrew Luck is name recognition. Right now, if you were to say, Chris, will you watch an XFL game? Maybe. But, but I don't know any of these guys. They're... The guys that got cut in the fourth preseason game that I didn't want to watch because they were the fourth preseason players. So I didn't watch the fourth. I'm there, so I'm watching. But I'm not watching preseason games at home on Saturday and Sunday. Like I'm not right. watching NFL Rewind to see a preseason game. I just am not. I may watch it on film if I wanted to evaluate somebody, but I don't care because I don't know them. And so when you look at the XFL, I think the same thing. It was like the league that they had last year that went under. I didn't know any of these guys. I tried to watch some of the games, but it, I may as well have been watching soccer because I didn't know any players. So are you if saying... Andrew Luck, sorry to interrupt you, but if Andrew Luck plays in the XFL, I will watch Andrew Luck play. That was my question. And the crazy thing about it is, is you'll get a true evaluation of the talent disparity when you watch Andrew Luck play. Is Andrew Luck now not just the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but does he wear a cape and fly around like Superman? Because that's what I would envision a star NFL player being in a league full of the week four training camp cuts. That, I mean, that's what it is. But that's what they yeah. have to have. They have to have these names. So I think so many things are crazy. Like, Indy's going to let him keep his money. you got to know that Indy had the, this meeting with Andrew Luck. And they sat down and they said, look, Luck. <laughs> Luck. <laughs> Just go on IR. We'll put you on eight-week IR. You, we can't play you. You can't. You don't even need to be here. Okay, take your time. Think about it. There's no rush. If you don't come back after eight weeks, we understand. But we have eight weeks at least to buy right now, and we'll beg you to come back at eight weeks from now, and you don't have to say I retire. But I also think this is something that he's thought about for a while now. I don't think he just woke up on Saturday and was like, "Hey, I'm going to retire. That's it." Yeah, well, I thought about it for a long time, too. Like, what will it be when I don't have to show up to practice on Wednesday and I don't have to put pads on and beat the hell out of myself? And it seemed really appealing. And if I could have kept all my money, that was you know I was paying my money back. But then a year goes by and you miss it. He hasn't thought about, he may have thought about, I probably won't miss it in a year, but he will because he likes it. I know he likes it because I watch him play, and you hear sound bites, and you hear cuts, and you know guys that played with him. And I know that there's been rumblings that Andrew Luck could retire early for the past few years, and now you're hearing all of it because people say he's got other stuff to do. You know, he has so many interests, and I could see that he would retire early, maybe just not this early. And it's like, yeah, I get that, but he's the best at what he does in something that's really fun to do, and he's going to miss it, and he's going to feel good in a year. That's the other thing. Like he's going to, going to feel better in another year, and I think. You look at all of that and you're like, oh, how mad is Indy going to be if he plays again? And maybe it's just that he doesn't want to play for the Colts. Like, nobody's really thinking about that because the Colts have been positive about this. And Andrew Luck's been really positive and politically correct about this and handled it in a, in a positive fashion. But nobody that's hurt and has sustained or, or had injuries with the longevity that he's had turns around and looks back at the organization that's treated him and said, they were the best I could have had. Like maybe he's not really pleased with the fact that Indy hasn't gotten him healthy, which I would fully, fully believe that he would believe. So I believe that he would believe it. Anyways, 
there could be just that idea that I don't want to be here in Indy and I don't trust him. But I'm not going to say that because Andrew Luck's not going to say that. He's too good of a guy to say something like that. So he's going to move forward as cordially as possible. And, and if he were to play in the XFL, it would be three more years before he could play in the NFL again, if wow. that's what he really wanted to do. But this leads like a whole like XFL thing. Like they, you, if you really want to have any chance, it's almost got to be like USFL, where they were poaching players and getting players. And it's not, if it's not USFL-like and it doesn't have names, it's dead. It, it will die. Yeah. Oh, and his dad's the commissioner. Did I say, can I say that 54 <laughs> times? Andrew Luck's dad is running the league. Does this not seem fishy? Maybe a little bit fishy. Can I count those fantasy points from the X? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does that count in my league? I think the Andrew Luck thing's crazy. I think it's sad for the NFL. I think it's really sad for the Colts. The timing is so inappropriate. They got ready for an entire season with the idea that they had one of the top five starting quarterbacks in the league. And now all of a sudden, no offense, they're stuck with Jacoby Brissett right now. That's probably not the exact direction the Colts would have went in if they had an offseason to prepare for this situation. I like Jacoby Brissett. He could be a good player. They weren't good in the year that Andrew Luck was out, though. Not good at all. Nope. Really bad. So they, Although they fired their coach, they went from bad, really bad to Andrew Luck coming back to really, really good. See what a starting quarterback does for you. The other thing with Andrew Luck is, is what if he doesn't want to play anymore, but he wants to coach? You think his commissioner father won't make him a head coach within a year? Because he will. I will say this, though. I don't care that much to watch Andrew Luck's XFL team that he coaches. But I do care to watch Andrew Luck's XFL team that he plays for. You tell me that people aren't going to watch Andrew Luck play in the XFL. You tell me that. You're crazy. They're going to watch him. It gives us a comparison. Like, it, it relates that league to the NFL. I know what good is. And good is here so I can watch and see how close this league is. Oh, and the other thing is, like, what are the Vegas odds on Andrew Luck's team in the XFL winning the championship? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay $500 to win 100 No, seriously. He is going to win if he's in the XFL. They're going to win right now. Yeah. And it makes, it, it makes everyone else have to compete, and it makes everyone else, uh, owners of other teams, have to make moves and try to do dress. It really gives it relevance. On Lamar Miller's first preseason carry, he tore his ACL against the Dallas Cowboys when he was hit on the outside of his knee. He should retire from football due to his knee taking the joy away from the game. As we move on. <laughs> no, this is too bad for Lamar Miller. It's, it's too bad for the Texans. It's, it's preseason football, and I made a strong stance on how I, how I feel about preseason on Friday when we did this podcast. Yeah, you did. I have gotten caught up, like so many fans, in saying, I want to see X, Y, and Z. I want to see the starters have two good drives. I want, you know what? I want to evaluate the back end of the roster. I want to give young kids an opportunity. And I want to go into the season and allow my guys a chance to be healthy. That's it. If you have a starting job or if you have a, what you call, a, it's weird, a starting role, because Lamar Miller is the starter for 55% of the time. Oh, They're yeah. all role players now. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have that job, I'm not getting you hurt. Just not. I can't. I, I can't risk it. It's, it's too big of a deal. And players are ready to play. That's the other thing. Like you, you look at it. 
forever ago, and even as I got into camp and said, you know, you got to get into game shape, which is bull. Like the whole game shape thing is bull. You thought you weren't going to say it anymore. I'm not going to say that. I can say it if I say the game shape thing is bull. That was I said game shape is too cliche now. Game shape is is not. It's a myth. I just want to evaluate the players, and that's what the preseason for. If we look at it in that fashion, then we're absolutely fine. And if the NFL would sell it more, is, is that? And we're, they're going to have to because every coach is just basically saying. Yeah, no, they're not going to play. It is funny, though, that they make you put pads on. They make all the starters put pads and jerseys on. And they got to wear the jerseys. Out. Like, oh, there's old, there's old <laughs> Tom Brady wearing a 12 jersey. He's got his pads on, so he's part. They shouldn't even have to go. Just glorify it as a practice in a scrimmage. But that, that, what nobody talked about, you just scrimmage and you control it in your own environment. And you don't put them out there and play them. But that's, that's the trend. That's what it's becoming. That's what so many teams are doing. They have no problem not playing their starters. So how did you feel about the preseason when you played? I wished every second of it would end before it started. I hated it. <laughs> I celebrated a rainout game like I had just won the Super Bowl when we got ra we got rained out or lightninged out one game. We had to sit in the locker for two hours and it was like all of us. All, and it wasn't just me. I mean, it's not just me. Like, yeah. There's... Three guys on every team that love it so much. Like, there's three John Allens at most. They're like, I want to play today. I can't wait to play today. And then there's 40 other starters that are like, please, please let something happen to cancel this game. I do. Can you? I can't even imagine the elation and, and like, the, the anticipation and the, the excitement in Winnipeg for 80 <laughs> starters in that game. Like, I don't think. Some guy in the, one of the locker rooms, and this happened in both locker rooms, said, if it's 80-yard field, I ain't playing today. And someone else said, yeah, actually, it probably isn't safe. And then the rest of them started saying, like, I don't think we should play. And then all of a sudden, they had this whole hoopla of, like, we might not have to play today. This is no, going we'll to be the greatest thing in the world. Like, we don't even have to play. And then someone's like, someone should go tell Coach. Someone should go <laughs> go, go tell John and, and, and the Green Bay locker room. They're like, go tell Matt. And, and so they get, like, the guy who probably kind of wants to play, like you, you convince the one John Allen on your team, like you got to go tell coach. Like, so that guy like saunders up in the office. He's like, coach, um, I don't think that we should play today. It just doesn't seem safe out there. The coach is like, shut, come on. Like, no, it's, uh, it's just not. We don't want to play. And, and then <laughs> the coach is like, you know what? Sure. Let's now. And then that no guy comes back like he's the hero of all heroes. He's like, we don't have to play today. <laughs> and then everyone's like, woo, woo, no football today. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened yeah. on both sides. Or it's even better, like Oakland was still going to have to play. Let's put like Oakland was still going to have to play. And then here comes Matt LaFleur and like someone catches LaFleur in the locker room. They're like, I think he's telling John that they're not going to play their starters. And then John, maybe John's not going to play our starters. And it's the anticipation. It's, so the priest, no one wants to play in the preseason. Okay? It's just no one does. You don't care if you win or lose. You don't care if you play well. Guys don't. There's a cut of film from our last preseason game where Darius Geis bounces it around the left edge. Brandon Sheriff was pulling. And then he just slowly trots after it. Like, <laughs> he could have easily gotten another block. Brandon Sheriff will always get that block. Yeah. That's called preseason football, which is also why people get hurt. Because they go into games with the anticipation that they are going to come out of that game very soon and with the idea of putting as little as possible effort into playing in that game. That's why they get hurt.
They're in as good a shape as ever before. They've trained all offseason. It's a it's a mind state, a mindset, mind state, mind state. <laughs> it's a mindset of ninety percent, and that's why they get hurt. So don't play them. You can't play them. So Antonio Brown lost his second grievance to wear the helmet that he prefers, and he had appealed to the NFL to give him a one-year grace period with the helmet. He just doesn't want to play in the preseason. Just another guy that wants to sit out some practices and some games. So you think come week one, he'll wear whatever helmet? Yep. No doubt. No questions asked whatsoever. I also want to read you a tweet that I saw from around the NFL that said that he has multiple offers for a custom-made helmet from companies that will pay him quite a bit of money to wear. There's a big race in this helmet business. You know Sean Springs is in the helmet-making business. Former Redskins. Really? Making helmet, making a boatload of money. But if you can get somebody to wear your helmet in the NFL... Think of how many high school teams you can sell it to, and then think of how many little leagues you can sell it to. And if your helmet's safe, and you can prove it's safe by getting it into the NFL, which means someone has to wear it, and it's hard to break into the NFL because you, how many times you hear a guy like talk about my Rydell? Like Rydell is a standard name in the NFL, so to break into the NFL, it's like Shut or Rydell, Scut, Scut or Rydell are like the two helmet brands. To break in is big, but there's an open door and an open market now to break into the NFL. So maybe it's not just that Antonio Brown doesn't... Maybe he's already got that deal done. Maybe that deal is part of that company. I mean, it's, think about it, though, seriously. If, if you had a helmet company, that's the thing. You, you Antonio Brown wears your helmet, you can sell that helmet. So maybe he's got the deal done. Maybe it's just to sit out of practice or sit out of games. I, I will say this, though. So many guys were the old Rydell. Rydell's evolved a long ways. All, they've all had to. And had concussions and had all kinds of issues. But they didn't want to take off the old helmet because that's the helmet they always wore. It's like, wear the safe helmet. Right. That's where I'm at. Just wear the safe helmet. Yeah. Why, why would they want to wear a helmet that's not safe and they could risk getting a concussion or, Looks God forbid, cool. something more? Looks cool. Just for the appearance? Looks cool. Yeah. Look Did good, you ever do that? Look good, play good. No. What, what, what was your uniform? I had a concussion in the old Rydell, the blue, the one that had the blue liner in it that p pumped up and was, and I put on the new version of it. What was it? the speed version of it that was weird looking and I didn't like, I didn't like how the new one looked at all. I thought it looked stupid, but I wore it and I never <laughs> had another concussion. Safety. Safety. Much more important. But I didn't like how that new helmet looked. It looked like a big alien helmet. Seriously, <laughs> I, that's how, like, London Fletcher would never, he wore the old helmet and wouldn't switch it. Would not. Wow. Some guys are just less prone to concussions, too. Like, if you had the old helmet and never had a concussion, I wouldn't have a problem. But the thing is, is if you're the NFL and you know said helmet is not as safe, and then you're letting guys wear it because they want to, because it looks good, or they think it feels good. By the way, the new helmet feels better. The newer helmets, the ones they're making now, they feel better than the old helmets. They're way sure. more comfortable. They look like flying saucers on your head on some of these guys, but they look way better. <laughs> Wear the new helmet, Antonio Brown. Quinn and Williams, the defensive lineman for the Jets, in his preseason week two game, he had a big hit on Matt Schaub, which was not penalized for, but now he is being fined $21,056. But keep in mind, he was not penalized during the game for it. $21,056? Dollars, yes. Where do we come up with that number? 
Like how do, <laughs> is there a hit calculator that says 2156? Wasn't it always I guess like so. 10 grand? That was the normal fine, like 10 grand, 15 grand. Was it 2156? 2156. They adjust it for inflation or what? Where are they getting that number? That's a really random number. Okay, in, a, in an all serious, serious note, this is what I suggested the NFL do over and over again. Fine them, don't penalize them. I, I think penalizing them glorifies the hit. It makes the game and the league look more violent. Few people are going to look up that little stat that you just had or that little number that you had. But any mom watching the game said, flag dangerous. Ugh. Don't want my kid to play. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw the flag. Most moms not checking big lead. Not all. I'm not saying I'm not trying to be misogynistic here. I'm just saying like out of interest, like probably not checking big. My wife not checking big lead to see Quentin Williams hit. Fine. So I think that you should continue to do evaluate them after the fact. It gives the NFL time to look at them, to watch them on tape, to break down what the hit was, to discipline the player, try to adjust the player's technique or approach it's hard in the moment to say this was a malicious hit or it wasn't now it's it's not hard when you see like pure malicious intent which is rare it's it's rare to see a guy really go out of his way to do something terrible usually after the play or away from the play and now there's the like the punt Peel back block, like the peel back block was always malicious. Like I'm, like, I'm gonna crush this dude. <laughs> he's going head over heels. Watch this. Yeah. Because he's not looking. Right. So the one where you can see and size someone up where they're not looking. Yeah, we're gonna penalize that one. That's garbage. But where you're hitting a guy on the sideline and he's the Norman hit, the Monte Nicholson hit. You see these all the time. You're like, that's football. If it looks like football and it doesn't look like something that's extracurricular, don't penalize it. Don't glorify. And, and it's not just the, I think it hurts the team when it shouldn't hurt the team. I think that all the flags on all of these hits are making the NFL look worse. And I think they thought if we start calling them that we're going to have a, a drop-off of these hits. The, what, it's been five years that they've really started making an, a, an effort to call these plays? You see less helmet-to-helmet hits? Because I don't. I just see more called. Yep. They're not dropping off. Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon passed his physical and is off the non-football injury. The best part of passing his physical, like the only things that anyone cares about, is he passed his marijuana test. <laughs> <laughs> um, he passed. I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, not Josh Gordon. I feel fine that he, fine. Josh Gordon should play. I'm good with that. I don't know how to feel about the marijuana policy moving forward in the NFL. Like, should they even test for it anymore? Should they not test for it? I think the policy was so easy and straightforward as I played and as was in, installed by Gene Upshaw when he did it. He said, we're going to test you the first day of OTAs in May through the first week of training camp, August 5th. Don't smoke weed in April. And then once you get tested once for substance abuse, one time, you get tested in May, you cannot be tested again until the next May. So smoke weed for 10 months <laughs> and take one month off. Or, you know... My God, if it's the worst case scenario of all time, you know, you didn't get tested in OTAs and it's June 24th. I'm sure guys that had to quit are like, come on, please, this last week of OTAs, please test me so I don't have to wait until <laughs> camp. You do get tested within the first week of training camp. The first week of training camp, you're tested. So you got to make it to August 5th, May 15th to August 5th. Can we do it? Gene Upshaw made that 
because he just didn't want dumb guys in the NFL. He just didn't want idiots. It's it's really not that hard if you think about it. No. But the real idiots are the cocaine guys. Like it doesn't happen that often. I think Cowboys quarterback did forever ago when I was playing. It's like that's not in your system very long. You think you couldn't do that? Like, hey, uh, bro, it's May. No Coke. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I got it. Like, I don't know. But I don't know what you do as, an, as a league moving forward. I, I think this is really interesting because I think the league will hold it over the players' union as you get to the next CBA. Like, look, we're not going to say we're not testing for marijuana anymore because that's bad for the league. But right. we're not testing for marijuana anymore. <laughs> If you agree to give the owners one more percent of their money or you concede something to the owners in the CBA, I, I think that you're going to keep the policy until that point and then you make the adjustment. But honestly, it's legal in so many places now. So many people use it for medicinal treatment. Football players need the medicinal treatment as much as anything else. It's not my thing. I'm going to say that over and over. Um, anyone that knows me knows that's not Chris's thing. Although, oddly enough, most people that thought or knew of me as a player, I was like, that dude must smoke so much weed. He's crazy. That <laughs> uh, was not ever my thing. So <laughs> That's pretty funny. I never tested positive because I never had to worry about it. But <laughs> That's I, actually yeah, really there, funny. There, there's a lot to, to think about there. The NBA stopped testing for it, right? The NBA does not test for marijuana. I think huh. you probably follow that lead. At this point, I think it's be better for the NFL to just not have anyone test positive for marijuana. So we don't have to say like, oh my God, look at this dude smokes weed. Don't test for it. It doesn't help them play. It doesn't hurt them, in my opinion. The guys that have massive, like if a guy had a massive problem, like he came in, that's the other thing now is like you don't even know if a guy was smoking weed because he could be eating gummies and you wouldn't even. Yeah. Gummies are crazy. Didn't think about that. Cookies and butter. Brownies. And... Yeah, well, that's actually another interesting argument, though. Like as a player, you need to know everything that goes into your body, right? Right. But let's say I went over to my buddy's, Mike's house, and Mike wanted to make me dinner and make dinner for my family. And he had this amazing garlic bread. And the garlic <laughs> bread had special butter. And then I had my drug test the next day. Like, it's in everything now. Like, you could easily ingest it without, well, you would know afterwards. Right. Right afterwards. But you might not know before you <laughs> took it. This kind of reminds me of um, Golden Tate how he was taking, I think, pills for him and his wife to become pregnant. He didn't know there was any type of PEDs in it, and he's now suspended for four games. Yeah, well, I was told when I was playing not to take any of the over-the-counter erection pills or anything. You know what? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like especially the one, like especially the ones that have like a rhino on them behind the counter, or some kind of like blue lightning bolt. Like, don't take those ones. Those could have bad stuff in them. I, I was told that. Okay. Pregnant. What are preg what are pills that guys take for? I. What do you I take as a guy? Like, I can't remember exactly what they were called. Sperm producers. I don't. I mean, what do you call? I don't know about that. I have two kids, so I never had to worry about it. It worked out. You're told as a player so many times not to take something. But if a doctor prescribed them, if, if they were doctor prescribed, you, you shouldn't, prob I would say that he shouldn't be suspended. 
if that's truly what it was, if a doctor prescribed it. In an article, it says Golden Tate said he tested positive for clomiphene. Clomiphene. It was in so a fertility. Clomiphene is a non-steroidal fertility medicine. It causes uh, the pituitary gland to release hormones needed to stimulate ovulation, which is the release of an egg to an ovary to anybody who did smoke marijuana between May and August. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I hope you get that joke. Um, women take this. Did he take his wife's pills? Did, did, Doesn't say. Clomiphene. <laughs> I'm not going to read the uh, reactions to this, but um, they don't have a lot to do with men. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> At least on... Wow, okay. Well, you know, maybe he took it. I don't know why he took it. Um, anybody that w is a doctor might have a reason why he took it, and maybe it helped something. So, no, they, you tell, they tell you, make sure that you know what's in the medicine. You can take the medicine, especially if it were, if, if it were a fertility medicine. It's not like he's in an immediate rush for this. Obviously, he's taking it because he's had a lot of attempts to a lot of attempts at success that have not been successful. So right. what's another two weeks? You can send it off. The, the, his training staff, the Giants training staff, will package it all up. They'll send it off to the NFL. The NFL will go through it, and they'll check it all out, and they'll go, yeah, you can take it. Nope, you can't take it. You can send them into the NFL. Don't take bad pills. It's not worth it. Nope. I'm sure that he didn't think there was anything wrong with that, but any drug that might involve hormones or testosterone, very obviously could be a problem. One more thing on clomiphene. It is because I don't want to be the ultimate dope here. So I was my computer was loading. It is used where low testosterone levels are observed in men. So it is not uncommon for men to take these. Okay, I didn't know anything about clomiphene, but I do know that anything that has to do with testosterone, you probably want to get looked at. Yeah. Although that stinks because I'm sure a doctor prescribed it, and I wouldn't be surprised if Golden Tate said, "Is there anything in this that could?" Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he talked to someone, you'd hope. You know, it's also really interesting, and I'm in no way accusing Golden Tate of anything, but just in general, what you can say you took if you took something else. Again, don't... This is another topic, and it does not... I'm not saying Golden Tate would have done this, or anyone would have done this, but you could be taking a testosterone-based medication that was not approved and say... Clomiphene. Clomiphene. I was trying, we were trying to have kids. And I took clomiphene to have kids. You're really going to suspend me for that? For, yeah. All the while you're like, some super GNC testosterone. <laughs> I mean, just, you, but you know that, like, if I tested positive for a PED that I knew I was taking, or ta taking. I knew that I was taking, I would have a story for it. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I, if, I, if I was going to risk my career over taking something, I, I would have a backstory for it. Again, Golden Tate probably didn't because this was probably real and it was probably about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I found testosterone, I would find, if I was taking illegal testosterone, I would find something that should be illegal testosterone, a reason to, for me to have taken that thing and say, this is what it was. So just, the whole thing's weird. Like the whole. Like all of it's weird when people say they didn't take something or did or why like they're 
just you shouldn't test positive. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to not test positive. You just don't take things. (laughs) It's a really lucrative job. (laughs) It's a really good job that you you can't take stuff. You don't like the Gordon thing, the marijuana, that whole thing. Like, just don't take stuff. Okay, that's the news. Thank you, Stevie. All right, that's the podcast for the day. Have a good one. Thanks. Getting close to Baltimore, last preseason game. Getting close to Philly, finally. Golly, it's going to be good. It's going to be so nice to see a real football game. And not just us. I can't wait to see a real football game in general. I can't even watch preseason. I I don't even watch preseason, ever. Don't watch it. It's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard. It's not hard to watch us. I I actually enjoy watching us. Yeah, I enjoy watching us. but. But that's it. Once the season starts, you get all kinds of football. So looking forward to it. Talk to you later. Have you heard about Creighton Farms, the private club community that's home to the Redskins? Creighton Farms is just 20 minutes from Dulles, but a world away. On top of its award-winning Jack Nicholas signature golf course, pools, tennis courts, and other resort-style amenities, you'll find custom homes and villas that are simply extraordinary, starting at $1.5 million. For property and legal information, visit CreightonFarms.com or, better yet, visit Creighton Farms. Your heart works hard, and sometimes its parts need repair. That's what we do at Anova's Structural Heart Program in Fairfax. With outcomes that exceed the national average, we're a leader in both minimally invasive repair techniques and surgery to address heart valve disease. Give your heart the benefit of care from Anova Heart and Vascular Institute. Find an Anova physician by visiting anovaheart.org/valve. Anova, join the future of health. Gearing up for game day? Your local Safeway has everything you need for the perfect tailgating or home gating party. Pick up all your favorites like wings, chips and dips, brats, burgers, beverages, and pizza. Stop by the deli to pick up fresh fried chicken or the produce department for a variety of party trays. Head on over to your local Safeway and pick up everyone's favorites. Safeway, the official supermarket of the Washington Redskins. Are uninvited pests ruining your plans? Let PMSI, the pest control partner of the Washington Redskins, handle it for you. Call today for your free inspection, and they'll work around your schedule to provide you the best solution possible to defend your home territory against pests of all kinds, including mold. Visit MyPMSI.com for the game plan to control the pests on your home turf. That's MyPMSI.com. Well, the new football season is almost here, and this team is not going to settle this year. No way. They're focused on being the best. That's why they all went and got Hondas on clearance at the Honda Summer Spectacular event. Because as we all know, if you want to be the best, you You have to drive drive the best. best. Exactly. Don't settle this football season. Get clearance pricing on a reliable, award-winning Honda, like the Accord, Civic, CRV, HRV, Pilot, and more. Don't settle. Get to the Honda Summer Spectacular event at your local Honda dealer today. Locally owned Novak has the most reliable power in the region. And we all know how important being reliable is. Especially with my electricity. Novak provides electricity from multiple renewable sources. Yeah! And will soon include even more solar. That's great! And Novak offers convenient 24-7 online services. I can pay my bill anytime, anywhere. Novak. Power you can trust.